This is the Game Changers Experience. Deep dive conversations with leading business disruptors, Olympic athletes, celebrities, entrepreneurs, and influencers from around the world. This show will teach you insights about the winning principles in mindset, productivity, marketing, branding, entrepreneurship, business strategy, and more. Hosted by Productivity Authority, business strategist, former elite athlete, author, and public speaker, Adam Strong. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Game Changers Experience with myself, Adam Strong. And we have another great guest on the show. We have my good friend, Haley Rowe. Now, Haley is based over in the US. Uh, she's a marketing and sales coach, but also a LinkedIn leads expert host of the uh, Health Nation podcast, which is a really cool podcast. You should definitely go and check that out, especially if you are a life coach or a health coach. Um, she has created a four-step framework called FAST, and she shares a lot of tips and tactics on a, on a podcast, on social media. She's got a great following on Instagram, on LinkedIn, and so forth. And some of the things that we're going to be talking a little bit about is time management. We're going to talk about time management, but also about client attraction. One thing that you don't know about Haiti is that she's also a singer. She didn't put that in her bio, but I found out because I saw her on stage. So there you go. She's a singer, right? So, um, so that must be her kind of like sidekick thing. I'm sure we'll talk about singing in a bit, you know, that's kind of cool. So anyway, so, <laughs> so one of the things that we're going to be talking about is number one is how to deal with overwhelm, because I think it's one of those things where, you know, especially if you're a small business owner or, or a leader and you're like, oh my God, I'm wearing too many hats. How can I deal with the, 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 the missile of, of overwhelm? Uh, we're going to be talking about the four basics of client attraction. How do you, what is the fundamentals? What are the foundations around that? Um, how do you get more focused? Because focus is going to help you guys, but number one, get more results, right? Because we all procrastinate, but we, we need to get more focused. We're going to be also talking about speed versus patience. It's one of my favorite topics, but I'm going to get Haley's perspectives on this as well. And um, we're also going to be talking a little bit about time management. Is it really time management or is it how we manage our energy and stuff like that? So Without further ado, Haley, welcome to the show. Thank you. Awesome intro. I'm excited to be here. Good. Well, I'm glad you're pumped. I'm glad you're energized, like I am. Now, you've been a um, you've been a coach since 2010. Is that right? Yeah. So I got my first coaching certifications in 2010, and I had I'm an old soul, so I had to actually get uh, my parents to sign my legal guardian like paperwork. <laughs> I was very young. <laughs> And started my first business. And so um, definitely have been around before coaching was super, super cool. And uh, it was quite a journey. So now I'm curious because uh, like your, your podcast, which is very targeted towards life coaches and health coaches, is that an industry that you came from before? Is that how you kind of like transitioned into what you're doing now? Yeah. So what happened was I got, I always had an interest in business. I've always had an interest in personal growth, like personal development. And when I got my certifications, I didn't know what I wanted to do with them. I got a life coaching certification. I got some wellness. I got a little bit of everything, behavioral change. So like with habits. And so then I went uh, to college and I majored in entrepreneurship. And then I was not super ready yet, in my opinion, to own a business. I felt like I needed more experience. And so I worked in the startup world and 
worked in business development and marketing. And a lot of the companies I happen to work for were wellness companies or like personal development or like a coaching certification company. One time I worked for, so I got my hands in a lot of different uh, types of companies, but most of them were related to coaching and personal growth and all that kind of stuff. So that's what I loved. And then in 2017, what happened was, you know, one of the companies that I worked for, everybody got let go because they had a bunch of delays and a bunch of challenges. And so I took that as my sign, like, all right, you know what, I want to help individuals who have their own business. So, and I started with health and life coaches um, and help them grow their online business. Cause that's what I was doing. And, you know, when I worked at these startups is copywriting and marketing and stuff like that. So that's what I did. And nowadays it's expanded. Um, I've, I have a client right now who owns a women's networking group I've, uh, as her business model. I have a client who's a therapist and wants to do speaking gigs. So it's a little bit of everybody now, um, but that my roots have been coaches and, and working with them on growing their business. Very cool. It's interesting how you started a vertical, but now you've kind of gone like horizontal. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. Um, I always find that, uh, you know, when you fall into, call it a niche, right? Or niche or whatever it is, depending on where, which country (laughs) you're listening to, niche or niche, right? Um, You know, you become an expert at that particular niche. um, And then, uh, and then you start to dominate and then you can start to like move hot. hot. Is that where you saw yourself? Is that kind of like, was it like done organically? Yeah, it was organic. I think a lot of times people are afraid to niche down because they're like, oh, I'm going to leave all this money on the table and and people, I'm going to pigeonhole myself. But I actually found it was the opposite because people respected, like I was teaching principles for mainly service providers and, and coaches are a service provider. So like other people who weren't necessarily coaches still resonated and still were reaching out or like, hey, do you coach, you know, realtors too? Right, and right. so- that kind of happened organically. It's interesting because I know that um, you know my, one of my uh, one of my first main professions was in the health and fitness industry, as you might know. I uh, I worked in high sports performance coaching, so I you know when you talk about this, it, there's there's an element of resonation, like I relate to you on a certain level, but also I don't know about you, but there's certainly um, some crossover, crossover pollination with regards to like how you fundamentally, you know, whether it be, I don't know, build your social media following, right, for health coaches, but actually you can pretty much, you know, apply those same principles to pretty much any profession, right? Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Very good. So um, I want to talk about the first thing because I know that some of our listeners that are listening in right now and uh, we're going to be talking a little bit about client attraction and time management and things like that. But I wanted to talk about, first of all, how to deal with overwhelm, because I think it's a really common topic that comes up for a lot of small business owners, right? You know, especially maybe if you've had like a coaching session with somebody and you give them a, a series of tasks mm-hmm. and and then you check or, they, or you have like a check-in or whatever it is, like there's an accountability thing and they haven't done it. Now then you really kind of what you realize is actually they're completely overwhelmed with on top of the things that they do day to day. How do you um, advise some of your clients that say to you, hey, Haley, so listen, I'm completely overwhelmed. Like 
What do you do with those people? Yeah. Well, I think it's important to understand where the overwhelm is coming from. So it's kind of like when you just say I'm overwhelmed, you're just like, ah, I'm a victim. Like, ah, it's right. all happening. Right? right. So I think it's important to first understand, okay, there's a couple of reasons why overwhelm happens. Number one is you are making, adding mental drama to neutral facts. <laughs> so in other words, <laughs> you're like, oh my gosh, I have this party on Friday and I have this project today and I have five people calling me and blah, 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 blah. And then you're making all of that mean like, oh, I got to do all of it at once. And I got to answer these five people. And and I, I'm so busy. Like, so we then add all this like extra thoughts to the neutral situation. Whereas if we were just looking at it, like facts, like, okay, Friday, this is blacked out today. I have three projects, like what needs to happen first? What's the next logical step? And then you actually get moving into it without feeling overwhelmed and paralyzed you actually get a lot more accomplished and you start to feel less overwhelmed. But that first reason is pretty common. And then the second reason would be like poor planning and just um, not necessarily time batching. Like I'm a big fan of time batching and being able to be like, okay, when are my appointments? When are my free spaces here there where I could fill in what I need to fill in? And the biggest pitfall with poor planning is like thinking, not realistically looking at how long things actually take you and just dumping too much on your list that, you know, is like impossible. It is not going to happen. You have to make time for transportation and eating and right. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I think that's the second reason. And then we make that mean like, oh man, I'm a failure. I can't ever get anything done. And then the overwhelm cycle continues. Um, and then I think the third thing would be um, just scarcity mindset or like thinking things have to take us so long and giving ourselves unlimited amount of time to do something and being a perfectionist. And then it does take us that long. So I think it's important to like set some boundaries and criteria with yourself. Like I'm going to give myself 30 minutes to write this email or whatever. And whatever I have at the end, I have to send it. And so then your brain gets to work on it as opposed to just being like, oh yeah, you know, whatever, however long, I don't know how long it's going to take me. So I can't, can't get it all done. Yep. That's cool. I love that. Some very good stuff. Some good gold nuggets there. Mental drama to neutral facts. Love that. That's, that's cool. Anyway, um, what I going to say to you, how do you, um, yeah, kind of like on the same subject, like how do you um, deal with the whole kind of like emotional and mental barriers like to overwhelm because i know that there's like different facets i mean i know that you kind of like you know like scrape the surface really around this but what's like you're going to get people that come to you for different reasons like it from an overwhelmed perspective like how do you deal with the emotional mental blockages that's holding them back like you can see that there's they you know they're like you know you've probably seen that infographic you know the infographic where they're like i don't know like literally one dig from gold. Do you know what I mean? And it's like kind of the yeah. decision, do I go back or do I go forward type thing? How do you um, right. advise about the whole kind of mental and, and emotional barriers to, to, to overwhelm? Yeah. Well, I think the first step is to let yourself not, not repress those thoughts that you're having or the emotions that you're having, but actually get it all out on paper, you know? So one of the things that really helps with overwhelm is just write down all of your thoughts like, oh, you know, I got to do this and I'm not good enough to do this. And, and every, any obstacle or thought you have 
that's getting in the way of where you want to be and whatever specific goal that you have, write it down. And then once it's all out in front of us on paper, we're actually able to look at them and look at, you know, decide which one of these things on this list is actually like, okay, a logistics problem versus which one of these is actually a mindset block or a thought we need to change or extend or explore, right? So let's say you wrote down like, I just don't have enough time in the day. Okay, well, that is an opinion, right? So now we need to look at that and be like, okay, well, how does that make you feel? And probably makes you feel stressed. And then what do you do when you're stressed? Well, you probably don't get as much done from a clear head and you probably do X, Y, and Z. And then that leads to the results of you don't have enough time. And then you keep proving that, right? So what we need to do instead is be like, okay, we have this thought, I don't have time. That's our brain just like freaking out a little bit. Okay, so, well, what, let's walk through a day. Like, what is your day look like? And then what are you doing and what can we get rid of or what, like, and then more shift into strategically, what can we do to change it? Right. So turning that obstacle into a strategy solution, but then at the same time, not just telling your brain like, okay, well, this is over and I'm never tomorrow, starting tomorrow, I'm just going to have this new mindset and I'm just going to believe I have all the time in the world. That doesn't work either. I'm not saying do that, but I am saying, well, we could also explore okay, you feel like you don't have enough time. Well, what, what do you have time for? What, what are you consistent with? And like, let's look at that. Oh, well, look, that's proof that you can actually do some things consistently. Right. So it's kind of like questioning the belief, like what else might be true? Uh, how, what would it look like you did have enough time? And so that your brain, you define actually how your brain thinks of what is enough time. And maybe you didn't know that before. And so now we need to like, be like, is that realistic? Or is that fantasy land, right? So I think exploring the belief together is how I help my clients work through it. Um, and you have a, you know, two options of either you need a mindset paradigm shift, which doesn't happen overnight. And it does require like some bridge thoughts, we call them like, you know, you're not just going to shift from, I don't have enough time to I have all the time in the world. And I'm so calm, but maybe you shift to I have enough time to get the most essential things done today, or I have enough time to, um, you know, do the basics and and that's okay. Or or whatever. I'm working on believing that I can have more time and taking steps to create it, you know, whatever it is. So um, that's what I would say. Cool. I love that. Some, some good stuff there. Some very cool stuff. Now, when you have, um, and I'm sure you've had plenty of conversations where, whether you work with an existing client or you know, you're with a, a new client potentially on a discovery session and you start to see what I call self-sabotaging habits, right? So you can see that they're in this pattern, right? This self-sabotaging pattern where you can see like, but they can't see it, right? They, you can see it, but they can't see it, right? How do you... How, what's what? What's the best advice that you have for some of our listeners that maybe are aware of that they're doing something that they shouldn't be doing in relation to our conversation? And how can you like, I don't know, change, not change it, but I suppose kind of like flick it, if you like, like completely change it so that they, number one, yes, they're aware of it, but to actually completely 
there's a transformation. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, two examples are coming to mind. I had a client one time who was really fearful of doing video marketing, like really didn't like being on video, felt very self-conscious, felt like she wasn't cool enough or good enough or looked good enough or whatever. (laughs) And what we had to do was, first of all, we kind of came, I mean, to a couple things. One, we, we talked about how she's the business owner and she wears a lot of hats and part of and, and anybody listening to this, as you as a leader in your company or as a leader in your field or whatever, you have responsibilities that it doesn't really matter if you like it or don't like it, but you kind of have to do it because it's part of the hats you wear, unless you have a team member who does it for you, in which case you can outsource it, all that. So we were like, well, this is part of the job. And second of all, you're not talking about yourself. You're talking about your entity, your business, your thing that's separate from you. So it's really not about you. So we separated that. And we had to talk about like, okay, what would somebody who was good on video, what would they be like? What would they be, you know, thinking in their head, et cetera. And we defined, she came up with her own like separate identity. Like, you know, Sasha Fierce for Beyonce, right? Beyonce has her stage presence person, Sasha Fierce. And that's not really her, it's her stage presence. So we came up the same thing she had her own video ego video alter ego right and at the end of it we set like rules like okay you know you're gonna do this video it's gonna minutes you gotta post it and if you hate it you can delete it and after you can go hide in your room like we came up with a deal for herself of how are we going to get you to shift this pattern? Because then what you actually, the secret to shifting what you believe in stuff is to actually go do the thing and then realize you didn't die and it wasn't as bad as you thought and you are capable of doing it and then just keep doing it, right? Mm. So that's kind of a process we went through. And then another client of mine always referred to herself. She didn't realize she was doing this either, but she was referring to herself. I'm just new and, and I'm small, but I'm small. I don't have a big audience. I'm, I'm just, you know, not capable. Like she was trying to get on some podcasts and I was introducing her to big opportunities. Cause I was like, you're ready. Like, you know, this stuff. And she's like, Oh no, like I'm too small to do that. And I'm like, you got to from this day forward. And she's had her business for a couple of years now. Right. I'm like, you're not new anymore. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> you know? And, and to become not new, you got to be doing these bigger opportunities so that you start to be like, Oh, actually. Okay. I, I'm not as new as I thought. And I can talk about this stuff and I am an expert in this. Right. So, um, we did, you know, challenge her to do some bigger opportunities and also I just said from this day forward we need to come up with a new statement we're not saying I'm not I'm new we're saying I've had my business a couple years or I'm a small business owner if you really want to say you're small just say I'm a small business (laughs) owner you know and and all that kind of stuff so and we looked at the evidence that she wasn't new like okay you've worked with this many clients and you've um gone done these trainings and blah 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 so yeah, I think that's, I think you need to have a pattern interrupt. I think you need to make a criteria or a deal with yourself. And I think you need to sometimes just hear from somebody else what they see in you, as opposed to sometimes we just are so hard on ourselves. Yeah, no, I agree. You know, it's, it's, it's interesting when you, was, that cracked me up because the number of conversations that I come across people and they're like, yeah, yeah, I'm new, I'm new, I'm new. I'm like, no, you've been doing your business for like two, three years. You can't keep saying that you're a startup or you're new, right? It's like, right. no, that 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 ship has sailed, right? You need to stop that right now. 
but that that just cracked me up. Anyway, <laughs> um, cool. All right. Well, listen. Let's get into. Um, I want to talk a little bit about um, client attraction because you know there's lots of um, things happening in the world right now. Depending on when you're listening to this, of course, right? But there's lots of things yeah. happening in the world right now. Um, external forces the news, whatever it is, right, that whatever your mindset right now that you're thinking, okay, whether it be, oh, you know what, the, the, the Ukraine-Russia thing or, or the recession or whatever it is, right, whatever you believe right now, okay, one of the things that I've found, especially over the last, I don't know, probably over the last month or so, is that there's this kind of like shift back to fear, you know, like during the pandemic, there was like this uncertainty and fear and stuff like that. And like, there's this kind of shift in pattern towards that again. How let's let's explore and talk a little bit about client attraction because I feel like a lot of people now are really drilling down and they're really focused on getting quality leads, if you like, quality conversations, quality connection with people, whatever it is. But there has been a, a real shift. Do you see that? Do you see the same shift as I see? I see certain shifts, meaning I think certain things are getting old. And I think that um, certain, if you let beliefs like, oh, nobody wants to hear from me right now because there's a recession or whatever it is, then it it totally impacts too how you show up and how you're doing your your consults or your calls with potential clients and all that stuff. So I think it's more a balance of it's a combination of how you're showing up because of your, you're projecting or thinking that these people have certain years or making assumptions about that. Or if they do, you're letting that derail like how you show up. Right. So that's a big one. And then I just think too, that like, like I said, some things are getting old in marketing. Like we all are seeing um, the same kinds of hook phrases in our industries that don't stand out um, anymore everybody's saying the same thing and i'm not going to mention um, any names by the way just I'm not going to mention any names <laughs> yeah that's cool i love that so let's talk about client attraction so if yeah. you have a client that comes to you and they're like hey so i want to like i really want to you know grow my business whatever it is consultancy practice whatever it is right that means obviously they need to attract more clients what are some of the things that I know that you've got your framework that we haven't mentioned, right? Your F-A-S-T, right? Mm-hmm. Is that correct? Have I said that right? Yeah. You yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's go into yeah. that because I'd love to talk more about the framework yeah. and how that kind of like works into our conversation. Totally. So there's two frameworks actually I could go into, but the first with the fast framework, that's like if you're unclear about what's important to set up and what you need to have in place to be getting clients consistently, these are the things to focus your attention on. So it stands for followers, action, sales, time management, and transformation. And with followers, we're talking about how do you start to build an audience that is within your target audience? And what's your process for taking them from brand new, don't know you, to they are booking a call with you to learn about your services or they're signing up as a client and that kind of thing. So for every client, that's going to look different, which marketing option they pick and what the whole puzzle looks like. Like they might start with one thing and then keep expanding. And uh, a lot of my clients do local marketing. A lot of my clients just want to do online marketing. So it just depends. But 
Um, that's a key part. And then the second part is action. So how do you create content and a demand that's compelling enough that people want to reach out to you? So that comes down to how you're writing your copy, how you are showing up, um, and making sure that when you're, uh, giving calls to action and things like that, that it's clear and all that sales is obviously the conversion process. So making sure that the, what you're selling, you feel really good about and it's clear and you have a good price and it, it's all set up. Um, but second, that uh, you feel comfortable coaching through common objections in your marketing before that sales process and um, during, and you know what to expect. And then also just building out what are you selling? Like what's the the biggest offer you have, the smallest offer you have, like what's that whole process, the customer journey. And then time management is where, what should you focus on? Focusing on the client generating activities, which we can talk about in a little bit, but that's going to be key. And then lastly, transformation is two things. One, personal transformation required to uh, be where you want to be. So going back to some of those earlier examples, thinking they're new or thinking you can't go on video or whatever. And then the other part of transformation is um the transformation you provide for your clients and making sure you know your differentiator and making sure you have your own unique thing that you're saying and and also um, removing like friction that people have to your offer and all that kind of stuff. So anywho, um, when it comes to client attraction, a lot of people overcomplicate it. They're like, ah, I got to be posting on YouTube. I got to be like on Pinterest and I got to do all these things all at once. And I think it all comes back to what I call the four basics. And I have a, a training on this at um, HaleyRowe.com slash four basics. But anyways, it, it, you got to start with this. First of all, your job as a service provider, if you work with clients, is to meet people as many as you can who are within your niche or in general, just start meeting people. <laughs> Second is you have to learn about what are they like have a curiosity so rather than um just you know assuming they want your offer and barging right in and being like hey i got this thing you want it <laughs> that doesn't work right so you have to take an interest and ask a question and be curious and hear feedback from your target audience mm -hmm. then you want to give value up front so that could look like your email lead magnet that could look like a free masterclass. It could look like a million different things. There's no right or wrong. It could look like a, like a free demo session, whatever it is. But that is a key part. And then the next part is to see if they want to work with you ongoing and, and the sales process. So that process can be refined and can start off taking a really long time if you're not if there's some tweaks that need to be made, but at the same time, it can also move pretty quickly if you have a system down for it. But the point and what I want to leave your audience with is like, just start with the question of how am I regularly getting in front of my ideal client and how am I going to give them value up front to the point where then it's more natural to lead into the sales process. So what you're saying is basically you also take like an inventory or like an evaluation about like what's you know what what is actually working right now is that what you're saying mm -hmm. yeah exactly but a lot of times people don't even have anything that's working really well. <laughs> that's so true. Have to start like don't... i'm gonna go to they, they have to set a protocol for themselves first so it's gonna be like let's say you just love in-person events 
You're like, I'm going to go to three networking events a month right now. I'm going to research what those are. I'm going to go, I'm going to have my little elevator pitch. I'm going to offer and see if, you know, they know anybody and if, if, and how I can bring them value and learn what they have to say. And I'm going to do that for like two months. And then I'm going to evaluate like, mm, are these events doing anything? Like, am I expanding my network? Um, am I adding value to the group too and referring them and like building my business relationships. And then you can like decide if you want to add something new now or if you want to keep doing that or whatever. But I think a lot of times if I were to ask like, what's your client attraction protocol? Like what's your current marketing protocol? Like what are you doing on a regular basis? A lot of people don't even have an answer to that. It's like, oh, sometimes I'm doing this. Sometimes I'm doing that. Yeah. Yeah. So we got to get clear on that first. And then we could say, okay, well, how is that working? What are the numbers like, et cetera? Got it. Got it. Got it. Love it. Some very cool stuff there. And you know, what's really interesting. I love the fact that we are, we kind of like, in a way, we're going also going back to basic foundations like back to basics and I, do you know what I, what really annoys me about the fact that people like to make things so complicated but in reality you know it's as complicated as you make it to be do you know what i'm saying it's like anyway i digress um you mentioned something actually just in that um uh, it, it just just then which was around client generating activities right? What do you mean by client generating activities? You mean uh, things that we shouldn't and shouldn't be doing? Is that right? Yeah. So let's give you an example of something that's probably not a client generating activity. Okay. Obsessing over your Instagram graphic and how good it looks and your logo and like, you know, that kind of thing, not a client generating activity or Got like, it. We also have ego boosting activities, like things we do to just like feel relevant and cool, but it's not really <laughs> driving. This what a client generating activity would be is something that falls within the four basics we just talked about: giving the you know, giving value upfront, promoting your lead magnet, getting in front of an audience to talk with, to do a talk for, blah blah blah, like stuff like that. So, really important to um, take a look at like your day and how much is it on the tedious busy work we call it yep. versus how much are you actually talking to new people, making offers, making proposals, like offering free value up front, that kind of thing. Do you know, it, 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 you know what? It cracked me up with what you were saying. Not, not because it wasn't good stuff because it was good stuff, but that, you know, there was, and I'm sure that you've ever come across conversations with clients or with people that you've had conversations with and they're like, so, so, so you, and you ask them like, what do you typically do during the day? And they're like, oh, you know, I work on my website and mm -hmm. I, uh, I scroll a bit on Facebook and I'm like, don't like, that's where you're, <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? It's just, yeah. Shouldn't do that. Right. You just shouldn't do that. Yeah. Anyway. Um, what's going to say to you, um, speed versus patience. I know that this is definitely a topic that I love talking about. Now, I know that you've spoken a little bit about patience in the past on podcasts and stuff like that, but I'd love to know what your take is on speed versus patience. Like when, when is like the element of execution versus the element of, you know what, let's not beat ourselves up because we're not getting, you know, results tomorrow or today, right? We've got to like wait for it to kind of mature, if you like. What's your take on that? Yeah, I think the focus should be on how fast are you implementing 
what are you, you know, like, and, and a lot of times when you're in that, you're not even stressed about, you're like, I know that all this stuff is going to add up and pay off. Right. Right. Versus when you're like kind of overthinking it all and like, Oh, I didn't get results yet. And and then you feel defeat. And then you're like, not implementing as much. And then you're like, (laughs) I just really want, like, then you lose the patience. So I think it's really important to, um, know that you're planting seeds if you're planting seeds every day meaning like if you're getting yourself out there and you're being on podcast and you're meeting people at events and you're pitching yourself to speak somewhere and you're doing like these things you're it's gonna you want to have so many things out there that it's all it's a- absolutely going to harvest and i think the key too is to not expect it all to harvest from the exact transactional thing that you put out so in other words if i pitch myself to a a couple of speaking gigs, I'm not like waiting around and sitting around and waiting to post, like pitch myself to other ones just because I've got those out there and like putting a lot of weight on it and that kind of thing. So I think it's important to diversify, keep planting seeds, trust it's all going to pay off and to uh, not just need it to come back in the form of, well, that is the speaking gig I pitched myself to. So it needs to come back from that opportunity. I think it all becomes this kind of like symphony that is playing together. And the sooner you can let go of like, oh, I wasted my time on that one call, as opposed to knowing that if you get one sale, it makes up for all the other, like you were getting paid for those calls. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think you need to think of it differently because otherwise you are going to get that, like, I'm losing patience because I spent this much time with this person and this person didn't pay me back. But the truth is you're doing the client generating activities. It's going to come back in a different way. Good point. Love that. Some very cool stuff. Very, very cool stuff. Um, There was something that I was going to ask you and it's on the tip of my tongue and I've just forgot it. Damn it. I should have wrote it down. Um, (laughs) Um, I was going to ask you actually around let's I want to go uh, back to the whole kind of like time management system. Right. So I know that a lot of people are so. What's the word I want to I, I suppose you could call it addicted, but they're very much in the frame, especially if you're you're a leader listening to this, like, that. you know, they're thinking ROI, return on investment, yeah. right? ROI, ROI, ROI. Right. And do you. I mean, have you ever experienced a time where um, I was going to say to you, you're trying to get the most out of what you're trying to do in the day, right? But is there a a particular way that you measure leads that come into a bit that come into your business, right? Is there a way that you measure? And if so, how do you measure the leads that come into the business versus the conversations of the sales? Is there a system that you put together? Is there a framework? Yeah, really good question. So a couple thoughts on ROI. I believe we create our ROI. So I I don't think it's up to like, oh, you know, I invested and now I'm, I invested in this Google ads and now I'm waiting to get my ROI. No, I think it's more of like an active process. Like you do have to track the leads coming in and then are you following up with those leads and, and are they going on your email list and how long is your sales cycle and all that stuff. Got so it. it's an active process, number one, and it's not something you invest in. And then you're like, I'm probably going to get an ROI. Like, no, you're always, you're always refining it. It's a long-term process, et cetera. Um, second, I think it's important to 
pay attention to regularly and you can track this in different ways, but like what is working and where are the people who are signing up coming from? So I always in my forms, like when I talk with somebody who books a free consult or whatever, one of the questions always on there that's always tracked in a spreadsheet is how did you find me? How did you learn about me? Right. And focusing more on those activity, those places, if, if that's working. Uh, and then I think the third thing is like with ROI is to start to pay attention. You have to define what are your key metrics to, to track ROI. So sometimes it's not just like, okay, Lee comes in, how much money is my, in my pocket? Sometimes it's like, no, the pre-step to getting a client is the number of calls you have each week with potential clients or the number of views on your sales page, for example, if you don't have calls. Like there's stuff like that where you have to define what what is the pre-step to the sale that we need to be optimizing for and tracking and paying attention to. And at the end of the day, if you're struggling to figure that out, you need to figure out, uh, I love um, Brooke Castillo's equation here. It's like your results or your ROI is, equal to the number of offers you make minus the no's you get. So you've got to figure out how are you making, what's your offer method? Like, do you do a webinar and that's the main thing or is it your calls? And then why do you get the no's? Figure that out because that's going to help you, decre you know, decrease them and have a better ROI. And then that equals your results. So um, just determining what are your key metrics? How are we going to track those? And then I like, if I'm going to do something like, I'll give you an example. I did a webinar in February. It was my first one that I did with ads. And I knew going into ads because I heard horror stories. that <laughs> It takes time. Okay. So my goal was to break even. And that was ambitious. You know, I, I well, I wanted to exceed that obviously, but I knew like, okay, probably for this first one to break even. And I set the goal at no matter what to make myself feel better because I think this is important. I, no matter what happens with this webinar, I'm going to keep redoing it and retargeting these people and, you know, growing it until it does produce this many clients. So I just decided what, what ROI I wanted it to produce. I wanted it to produce X amount of people as clients. And if it doesn't do it the first time, I'm just going to keep refining it and do it again until it does. <laughs> so a lot of people though get impatient and then they skip to another strategy and then they did lose the ROI because they never took the time to follow through with it all the way until it worked. Love it. That's a good point. That's a really, really good point. And um, yeah, and I, and, and I agree with you on that. I think uh, if you guys are listening in, by the way, if you, if you, if there is a strategy, whether it be like Haley is kind of like mentioned around the whole kind of webinar thing, she used the personal story you know, and uh, you haven't retargeted because effectively they're like warm leads. They already know who you are. They already built an element of trust with you. Um, why would you then go fishing somewhere else where you've got to start again? It just that to me just doesn't make any sense, right? Um, but that that that's a really good point. So I love that. So that's cool. Anyway, uh, listen, I um, I'm conscious of time, and, and and I know that we're coming towards the end of our conversation and stuff like that. So um, what are you working on right now? I'm glad you asked. I don't know when this comes out, so it might be, okay. uh, but, but this page will still probably be up. I'm working on a free private training next week, and it's going to be about how to get more paying clients without a big audience and without needing to just post more. Cause I think there's this phenomenon that social media has to be my way. And I just got to post more and I just got to keep posting. And I want people to come to me and I'm going to be debunking some of the myths and how to be, um, 
getting clients more consistently and paying clients and your, your dream type of clients, as opposed to people who are trying to always discount and nickel and dime and all that. So um, if anybody wants that, it's at HaleyRowe.com slash training. My name's spelled with an I, so it's H-A-I-L-E-Y, <laughs> Rowe.com slash training. Um, but that's what I'm working on. And then I also um, am been pod- I've been podcasting on the Health Coach Nation podcast, which is for coaches and helping them grow their business. Uh, but the last thing is, before I forget, I do have a free gift for your audience. And that is my overwhelm masterclass. So if you're stuck with overwhelm, you want to learn the, you know, time management system, go to HaleyRow.com slash overwhelm hyphen class. Cool. And we'll put all the links below for you guys that didn't get all of that or couldn't be bothered to press stop and rewind that. Um, <laughs> so we'll put all the links below. And also if you have any questions, um, with regards to today's episode and you want to reach out to Haley, then do me a favor. Again, her links are below. Connect with her. Mention this podcast. Say you listen to her, right? She's, and, she's, and say she's awesome as well. And I can guarantee that she'll, you'll get a personal response from her. And, uh, and I'm sure that she'll reciprocate in due time. So um, anyway, Haley, I just want to say thanks very much for being on the show today. It's been awesome. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's been really fun been really fun all right guys uh, listen hope that you've enjoyed today's show if you um have enjoyed today's show do me a favor i have a big ask to ask you if you listen to this on spotify or, or apple please give us a one to five star review whichever it is i don't mind be honest in your reviews i like super important one of my big goals by the end of the year by the way depending on when you're listening to this is I want to get to the big hundred reviews. So if you can help me do that, I would be like super appreciated. Anyway, listen, enough from me and Haley. Hope you're doing well. Have a great uh, day, week, month, whenever you listen to this. And from me and Haley, see you soon. Cheers.